got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Hunter Muscara, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff, and you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Friday, Sandos and the Sidekick back with you. Mike Gallagher joining me as we talk about the game last night, ETSU versus VMI. We look forward. Mark Zanetto is going to join us. We'll break down the Spartans and the Bucks, the big Saturday tilt. We'll also preview women's hoops as ETSU tries to improve to 2-1 and one in SoCon action. They'll take on the Wofford Terriers. That's a doubleheader. Men's game at four, women's game at seven. We'll have both contests for you on the Buccaneer Sports Network. And then the return of bold predictions, where uh, I think we've lost the record books. We're just going to start over. No, that's not true. No, no, I think we've lost the record book. Jacob's I have the record here, book graduate. right here. Now, I checked no in with book. them. It was sent to There's me via no carrier pigeon. It rolled up carrier. the river in a bottle. I have it. Uh, we are intact from the first part of the year, and that's a good thing for me, Jay Sandoz. No, I, I still, I, I'm going to have to double-check that for authenticity. Oh, yes. You're You're like, yeah, I knew what that word is. Yes. Well, yeah, that's good. That's like seven syllables or something. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh, ETSU VMI, and I, I think we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Oh, absolutely, we did. I, I, you know, if uh, ETSU could learn how to put people away, yeah. you know, that game could be that. But it broke down exactly the way I kind of thought it would. ETSU would get out to a big lead. Were they mature enough to just kind of step on the pedal, step on the throat, if you will, put VMI out of its misery, give VMI credit? Bubba Parham, well, I, you know, he had a – a fantastic freshman year, but the uh, degree of difficulty of shots late in that game, either shooting it from a logo, a seven-footer in his face, it didn't matter. He was just dry. He had one ball that was partially blocked that still went in from three. That's how you know it's a good night for you. Yeah, I don't know if that would be a compliment or kind of a <laughs> weird backhanded thing for him because it's like, oh, what would have happened to the shot if it would have not gotten blocked? That means it's probably well off target, but as you said – a great night for Bubba Parham when he hit that three from, I think he said it was the U and ETSU to cut the lead to three. I was like, oh boy, we might be in some trouble. I got to give you credit, you and Steve Forbes both, because you said it a number of times on the show yesterday that when I posed the question to you, does this team finish out games better than last year's team or is it vice versa? And you said, I think that last year's team finishes off games uh, in a more efficient manner and really puts teams away. And in my mind, it was kind of flipped. It was the opposite. And clearly, <clears throat> pardon me, clearly last night showed that there are still some holes to be filled late in contests. Uh, I really 
when you're looking at the last two years ETSU basketball, I, I kind of gloss over the Georgia State and the Creighton game for whatever reason. Maybe it's because it's buried under a mountain of wins, 15 of the last 17, eight in a row. And all I remember last year is that late regular season struggle, aside from you know the postseason where ETSU turned it back around, got to the championship game again, and against Saturday's opponent, UNCG, came up short after beating them two years ago in the championship game. But uh, that's kind of how my mind works with it. So I'm clearly missing some of the most important points about this team closing out games. The fact that early on, it was uh, an issue. Uh, the fact that ETSU you know, was right there with Creighton and Georgia State. And imagine how the year would be going and um, where ETSU would be in the national conversation if those games would have been wins. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know why I focus in on that late regular season um, struggle that ETSU had last year, losing, I think it was four of their last five. But, yeah, you and Steve Forbes both said it, and I'm going to go to Steve Forbes right now because he does have the quote about the Bucks not being a championship-level team because they can't do exactly that right now. Close teams out. We're not a championship-level team right now because we can't put anybody away. We we get complacent. Uh, that was definitely a game where we're up 21 points. Uh, we should have went up 20 at least at half. We're only up 14. Come out in the second half, go through the motions. And, and my worst, what I really thought they would do to us, they would spread us out with, you know, playing a lot of little guys and then the one big guy that could shoot threes. And uh, so we had to adjust several different ways to guard that. We had, to, you know, kind of hedging it or going underneath of it and, and shadowing it, then we switched it, and then we iced it. We did all kinds of things. In the end, we ended up switching, so we couldn't let the big guy pop and get open. And Milan did a good job of, of guarding Parham. But you got to give uh, VMI credit and coach. You know they shredded us. I thought for 30 minutes, uh, we didn't guard them. It was just we just traded baskets. And uh, I thought for the first 10 minutes we were pretty locked in. I thought for the last 30 minutes, they kicked us. They kicked our butt. Seems like complacency is the right word, right? You get out big early, you're dominating. The game is going how I thought it might, but then the putting team's way, the exact thing that we discussed, goes the way yourself and Steve Forbes saw it. And I think that's the, the sign of a mature basketball team. I think Wofford's a great example. They have everybody back but a role player in Derek Brooks uh, on this year's squad. And they got leads last year, and people crept back into games. They're not this year. They're putting their foot and just hammering people. And so, uh, I, especially with about four minutes to go in a game, even if teams are within four or five, six points, that they really just seem to run away and hide. And so, I, I think that's what ETSU will be next year. And I know it's not next year. You're still trying to do it. But I think – and it could be at the end of the year they figure it out. But they haven't figured it out yet. And so I think that, that some of these games is, is good learning uh, opportunities for the Bucks to figure out, okay, this is what a championship team does. This is what we're supposed to do. This is how you play a 40-minute game. And I know it, it's tough because there are so many guys that are transfers and other stuff, and I know Coach Forbes is great at remaking rosters and all, but there were a lot of guys that, uh, you know, there was a starting five at least returning on the previous year's team. There's not on this year's team, right? It was just three guys that, that – saw action a year ago and James Harrison barely sees the floor anymore a fall if at all and you're just looking at Milad and Armas and Bo Hodges and they're just sophomores right so next year's squad I really feel like they get up 15-20 look out because that game's just it is over you're not going to have to worry about it but you got to get there to that point and so I, I, I think it's interesting that the leading scores uh, in yesterday's game is something, again, to look forward to. The true freshman continues to impress in Davian Williamson, 9-12 from the floor, 23 points. And then Bo Hodges is starting to look like Bo Hodges. He hit a three, 
caught an alley-oop with an emphatic slam defensively starting to get there. He only had the one foul. That's been his problem. He had picked it up early. I'll say that. He picked it up first foul of the game was on Hodges, and he didn't foul the rest. He's been in foul trouble a lot. But you sit there and you look at, at some of the guys and knowing that those two guys are going to be together for three more years or two and a half more years has got you pretty excited. Here is Bo Hodges. I feel like I'm starting to get a little more pop into my step. Coming off the groin and the hip flexor in the foot, you know, that was tough. But I feel like I'm starting to get back right. Milan, that was tough. You know, he stepped up, played great D, and contested the shot, just happened to block it. You know, Milan plays defense like that in practice, so I really wasn't surprised about it. He's a killer, man. That was a big-time game for him tonight. What do you have, like 23? Yeah, that was big time. He's a big part of our team, and he's going to have a great career here. Anything to help the team, you know. I just go in, play whatever they need me to play. It's not like I don't know the players. I mean, I played it last year, so it's easy. The toughest part about guarding the four, you know, sometimes it'd be size. But other than that, you know, I can move with the point guards. I can bang with the fours, most of them. So kind of championship last year. That bitter taste in my mouth. You know, we just got to come out, play hard, listen to the game plan, and come out play harder the second half of the game Saturday. That's it. On a variety of things. So feeling good, feeling better, getting back to 100%. You heard the laundry list of injuries that he listed off. Hasn't just been one thing for Bo. Then Miladin Armas, that defense late against Bubba Parham. And, boy, I give Miladin Armas credit as well because it looked for a second like Parham might put him down. And Miladin regained his composure, got his legs back under him, and made that block. Then Davian Williamson, just what Bo thinks Davian brings to the table, and you mentioned it as well. Another near-career night. He had 24 a couple games back, and now 23 uh, last evening. It was really, throughout the game, a complete performance from Davian. And then playing different positions. Bo Hodges, that's one of the things he can do on the defensive end. He's such a tenacious defender, and uh, he mentioned it, and you mentioned it as well in your question to him, just really playing any position, any guy on the other end. Uh, you can put Bo Hodges across from one of the best players, regardless of position, and he can probably hang with him. And then you heard the long, deep breath when UNCG was brought up because I think for the guys that are on this team from last year, and you said it, it's not a ton. Um, two guys that are playing extensively this year that played extensively last year, very young. That was their first year here at ETSU, Bo Hodges and Milad and Armas. But you could hear what, when you brought up UNCG, came to Bo Hodges' mind in just a long exhale because I'm sure ending your season to a team that is – I know it's not ETSU's quote-unquote rival, but recently these teams have gone back and forth, and they've had some hard-fought battles in big games, on big stages, and I just keep going back to the fact that last year a 16-game winning streak ended at the hands of UNCG, and then the rematch of the Southern Conference title game. And while Bo Hodges has never won, I think, to show a ton of emotion and tip his hand, especially in the media, uh, that deep breath I think is as close as you're going to get to see how he feels about this contest Saturday. Can I tell you what his answer was in the media room about who the biggest rival he felt like ETSU was? Please. He said Furman. Really? And I think huh. and I think because it's an unfair question because this is just his second full season, right? Right. And he wasn't there when ETSU won to go to the tournament. He also wasn't there for the two post-game dust-ups. So I think that changes – Maybe his perspective, but they had tight contests with Furman. There was a lot of trash being talked in the Furman game a year ago, just like UNCG. But I, but I found that uh, interesting. That was relayed from a couple people that said, hey, did you know both thought that? And that's, well, 
he hasn't been there. Like for you know somebody that's been there three years, this is their third year, and they would have had two championship games. UNCG again would have had sort of that bad blood. Uh, then I think uh, and it might change because there's no TJ Cromer anymore. There's no Marvin Smith on the other side. Those two guys really seem to not like each other, and that kind of drove that. But still, the pause was enough for me, just like you took out of it, to know that this game's going to mean a lot. The difference, I think, is UNCG's returning a lot of people that have played ETSU a lot of games. And Demetrius Troy now, you know, in his senior season, uh, obviously Alonzo Francois in his senior season. This is Dickey's third season versus ETSU. So there's a lot of guys that have played ETSU, and I think – for the guys that aren't familiar with what this game means, a couple of minutes in, if not from the opening tap, they're going to feel a little bit different energy, and we'll see how ETSU responds to that. We'll talk a little bit more about UNCG coming up. Here's one more from Steve Forbes on last night. We didn't have a hard time scoring. I mean, we shot 55% for the game. We ran some motion against it, and then we ran ball screen, and we did a lot of step-up ball screens. We snaked them and got to the basket at pretty much all you know at will. That, I don't think offense tonight, again, you know, we're so – schizophrenic against Mercer it was our offense tonight it was our defense and we shot 55 percent we didn't shoot great from 331 66 from the line that's about what we're going to do again I think it's the way we defended we just traded baskets we got comfortable and we were the aggressor for the first 10 minutes and it's almost like our guys thought well the game's over you know they're gonna they're gonna go away now and and they're not gonna do that nobody in our league is gonna do that and he went on to say that ETSU yesterday as of yesterday Number 11 in the conference RPI rankings or net rankings or whatever you want to call it now, which for a mid-major is extremely high. And it shows with the top four teams in this league and really from top to bottom. If you look at you know the net rankings, I think that's supposed to include all the teams in your league. And um, it's not just the top four teams. It's the fact that teams below Furman, UNCG, TSU, and Wofford have put up good efforts and come away with some good results as well. I think he's absolutely right. Defensively, you look at the stats in conference coming into – Yesterday, VMI was giving up 85 points a game. So they were who we thought they were to steal a line from the late Denny Green. But VMI is last in the league in scoring offense, 70 points per game. They put up 82 last night. And you talked about Bubba Parham kind of getting hot in that second half. I think he only had five, seven points in that first half and scored like 15 or 17. And the second 20 minutes had some pretty incredible shots. And VMI really hit their stride. So 82 against a team that... It's only averaging 70 against conference opponents, a team that's winless, a team with only one win on the road. Certainly not necessarily encouraging, but at the same time, it is another win. And to harp on that same point that we touched on yesterday, you're not always going to blow teams out. You're not always going to have your best. You're not always going to play a 40-minute game. And I think, unfortunately, that's what worries people right now. But you still got the win. So when it comes to playing a 40-minute game, I think that's where Steve Forbes is talking about not being a championship-level team. There's been first halves that have been great in the um, in this part of the year, and the first part of the year it was really ETSU at some points uh, you know, coming back and then unfortunately not being able to finish those games. But putting together that full 40 minutes is always a challenge, and hopefully for ETSU, you know, as this conference season goes along and guys start to get more experience, they'll come into that more. Still stay perfect when leading at halftime, so that's yeah. an important stat for them. They like still playing from in front. And it was the odd game, too, where ETSU, there was one tie at 2-2. Two to two. The rest, ETSU led the entire game, and yet VMI had a chance to tie it uh, a couple of times late. And I was a part of one other time, I think, I think I've told you a story, that where ETSU didn't lead until two seconds to go in a game. Yeah. Never led in the entire game 
and it was down like 19 in the first half, kind of battle back, hit a, the eventual game winner with about two seconds to go, and that was the only time they led. And, and ever since then, I've kind of had flashbacks of, of trying to lead T to green, not be able to close it out. But uh, ETSU did, and they're going to turn the page. They're watching the film today. they got to get ready for UNCG. Now. Still perfect at home now, too, as well, 10-0. So we'll step aside for a timeout. Mark Zanetta will join us. He'll talk a little UNCG. And then uh, once we get done with the conversation, him got some interesting fun facts about uh, the matchups in the Southern Conference, uh, especially when you got top four teams playing one another and what the other leagues in the country, uh, what kind of matchups they have. So we'll talk about that on the other side of this timeout. You're listening to Sandos and the Sidekick. Don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can subscribe to the RSS feed. That way it's downloaded as soon as we have the show uploaded. And you'll get a notification, and then you can listen to every single show we've got with Sandos and the Sidekick. More Mark Zanet on the other side of this timeout. Right after this from the Buccaneers Sports Network. It's funny how things can multiply, like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet. Or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning and you're a half hour late to work. Come on. But good things come from multiplying too, like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead, enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Peaceful mornings always ah, turn into crazy days. With all the madness, when's a mom supposed to find time for grocery shopping? Bye, mom. Fortunately, Food City offers curbside pickup. With the same great in-store prices, I can pick up what I want online. And Food City does the shopping for me. Here you go, ma'am. Have a nice day. <sighs> that moment you realize you are the chaos coordinator. Go, Kelly! Mother like no other. With go-kart curbside pickup. Only at Food City. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics Program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. 
John City Honda, John City. and the sidekick back with you. Second segment previewing tomorrow's contest. It's a big one. It's the, uh, well, not a rematch quite of a championship game. I guess it is. They've been in the title game the last two years. They split it one and one They've been very competitive. I don't even think I have to sell the game for you. It's the Spartans of UNCG and ETSU. Covering the Spartans about as good as anybody can. It's Mark Zanetto. And, uh, Mark, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. I know you're going to have a little fun with some ETSU fans tonight, aren't you? Yeah, um, I think what we're going to try to do is, and uh, we're going to try to go to Wild Wing Cafe. Uh, this is again, this is not, nothing official. They're not sponsoring us. I know it's a sponsor of your show, and they're a great, great place for good things about it. So we're going to do 7:30 p.m. Uh, for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. I'm going to set up the live uh, Twitter stream, and people can come on. I have a headset with a splitter, so we'll do kind of like a little hot take uh, deal if you want. Um, anything you guys want to talk about in terms of ETSU basketball? in regards to the game on, on Saturday, tomorrow, and um, we'll have some fun with it, absolutely. Well, Mark, I'm, I'm sure you're very familiar with, with, with uh, some of our crazy fans, and we got them, and we love them. They're ours, and they love ETSU <laughs> to, to a fault sometimes. So I'm just, I'm just making sure you understand what you're trying to get into. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I think some of the fan pages already uh, ingratiated me into, your, uh, into the ETSU uh, buck uh, kingdom, if you will, uh, a couple of years back. Uh, when the Spartans kind of made uh, more noise in, in the SoCon. And now that it's – I feel like now with with UNCG kind of uh, solidifying over the last two or three years that they are a force to be reckoned with in the SoCon, I think the fans are giving them a little more respect and a little more uh, courtesy. But it's still crazy. I still get some crazy responses to things that I write and things that I tweet. But I'm, I, 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 and that's, that's to be expected. That's, that's why people are fans. Well, that's the one thing when I got to meet uh, Coach Forbes, actually even going back to the Murray Bartow days when, when he took over Fred Dicellis, he, he kind of both have asked me, he said, what, do you, what should I expect from the fan base? And I said, well, it's twofold. I said, one, they, they're fanatical, true fanatical, and they believe you should, you should beat top 25 teams. I mean, that's what they do, yeah. and they're going to be disappointed if you lose a conference game. I said, but in the same token, that's also the, the three or 4,000 fans that show up every, every game. And you're going to go to places in the league where they're not going to have any fan support. So you've you got to kind of take that with, with you know, a grain of salt one way or another. And it's tough for, for some of the ETSU fans you know, when you're not a, a team they're familiar with. And I think it's the same token. When ETSU goes somewhere and plays uh, you know, like Creighton and, and a lot of their fans, you know, where's Eastern Tennessee? Or they'd miss say the name or they'd call us the Pirates. You know, the, our fans right. take that. Same thing. So it's, it's all about earned respect. And certainly you, you have it from the coaching staff. You have it from our show as far as UNCG. We understand, you know, what type of basketball they, they bring to the table. And it's good for the league, right? I think as long as you see Furman, there was a lot of our fans upset that Furman was ranked. And I'm trying to argue with them. That's great for the league. I wanted Furman to beat LSU and come into the – Freedom Hall undefeated, and ETSU have a chance to, to hang the first L on them. But it's great for the league. I love to see UNCG. I mean, I watched the Kentucky game, and I like the fact that Jimmy Dykes was doing a game, and at some point in time he mentioned that Isaiah Miller was the best athlete on the floor, and that is tremendous to get you know a national media that has really no tie to anything, give a, a school of a Southern Conference or a player on a Southern Conference team that much respect. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, my my uh, broadcast partner for some of these games, uh, former coach at A&T at Tennessee State, at um, South Carolina State, and at uh, assistant coach at Howard, Cy Alexander, we, we, you know, it's the first time he saw Isaiah outside of, I think maybe I think a little bit in high school, and he and he his his quote was Isaiah has high major athleticism in a mid major school, and and I think that's and I think that's a hundred percent true, and um, uh, it was great to see. I was at the Kentucky game, um, them them also in control of that game for about thirty two minutes of, of, of the entire forty minute uh, game, but you know let it slip away. James James Dickey got hurt that game, so that kind of hurt them on the inside with Kentucky's good rebounding. And that's, I think that's a good segue into this game. Um, I think that's going to be a, uh, that's your guys' bread and butter right now with, with Armis and, and Jerome Rodriguez. Um, God, I mean, those guys are an unbelievable rebounding duo. Well, let's talk about the, the this year's squad. Obviously, I think two huge losses more than people are giving credit for because it, it's not necessarily the, the stat sheet, but Jordy Kuyper, I felt like, was a great glue guy. He seemed to keep everybody together. And I think Marvin Smith might have been the best guard defender in the league. And, and you know, he was a healthy, like, six foot five. And I think those two guys are, are hard to replace. What are your thoughts on that and this year's teams? Um, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I've had Jordy on a uh, podcast. I've, I've did a, just did a podcast with Marvin, and they are both actually playing in Iceland. Close together, so that's pretty cool just from the side, if you guys want to follow where they're at. Um, but on top of that, yeah, I totally agree. And, and it really isn't about, um, like you said, the statistical analysis, although Marvin could put up points if, he, if, you know, if needed or asked to. It was the defensive prowess, but... If you ask the coaching staff, it was really, in, in particular at the beginning of the season, I wrote a piece called Finding Their Voice, and it was about, I mean, Jordy Kuyper's one of the best uh, defensive communicators probably that you'll ever see on any level, mid-major, high-major. He got everybody set. He was essentially, for our purposes the, in Carolina here, the Luke Keekley of our, of our defense, you know, the middle linebacker of our defense. And I, I don't... I don't think that's replaceable, but what they have been doing, and you saw it against Furman a little bit, not from a percentage standpoint, but everybody's staying connected. The effort is better. The attention to detail. We're trying to move in a, a different, a, a more more moving pieces with a kid like Eric Hamilton coming in as a transfer, Caleb Hunter as a freshman, who's six four wing, Isaiah Miller taking a, a more leadership role, and also James Dickey. James Dickey was the Defensive Player of the Year last year in conference, but he did so more based off of block shots and his ability to, to kind of be a rim protector. And now, you, I don't know if you guys have watched this, anytime you would, you saw James on the sideline when he was hurt for six games, I asked Coach Miller this the other day, I said, does James have any um, thoughts about being a coach in the future? Because he's calling out sets now. Um, so there's there's some of that is getting back. I think we're halfway through the season now where I think the team feels comfortable in their, in their uh, roles. But you're 100% right. Jordy's communication and Marvin's on-ball defense to guard the best player on the other uh, other side is sorely missed. Halfway through the season, Mark, and this is really the toughest part of the conference schedule, or so it would seem for UNCG, at least to this point. Obviously, the Wofford game, which was built up so much, went extreme one way for the Terriers, a 29-point victory for Wofford. But then, as you mentioned, the Furman game, come back and get a 10-point victory over Furman in what really seems like a four-team league right now. Those two teams, UNCG and ETSU. So to split those, I'm sure UNCG isn't totally down on. And I think looking around the league, uh, many 
you would say, well, you'd probably take that considering how competitive these top four are. The way those games unfolded, obviously it was a big surprise to many that only 43 points were scored by UNCG in that game against Wofford, but then to come back and bounce back against Furman, what similarities, if there were any, but more so differences did you see between UNCG's performances those two days? Um, I, I mentioned it uh, just, a, just a second ago uh, with attention to detail, effort, um, Wes uh, Miller has a quote in the piece that I wrote looking ahead for their week. He felt like they got back to the core of who they are when they had a guy like Jordy, when they had a guy like Marvin, or it was about the defensive pressure. And, you know, I don't know how, how much he probably believes this, but this is just true. He, he, his comment to us and his comment to the team was, you know, I don't care about the results so much as the effort. And I think, I think most coaches would kind of agree with that. I think when you talk to Coach Forbes, He's, he obviously wants to win every game, but if his effort is there and, the, and he feels like the core of ETSU is where it needs to be, then he can be happy with them playing and, and you know getting a couple bad breaks and losing a game. But he wouldn't be happy if they played uncharacteristically against how tough they want to play defensively, and I think that's what Wes was getting at. Um, the result against Wofford, I, you know, I, I, I equated to a, to a boxing match, guys. I mean, they got knocked out in the first round, and they, they never regained their legs. It was 18-2 to two in a blink of an eye. Um, I, I'm really impressed with uh, Nathan Hoover's in, in, uh, emerge, uh, uh, emergence as a, as a secondary scorer, or now a third option for them, because that everyone knows about Cam Jackson and Fletcher McGee. But that team, I said it early in the year, I saw them play at High Point here in, in North Carolina. The Walker team is more than just a Fletcher McGee show. They run good offensive sets. And as, again, my, my broadcast partner, Sy Alexander, said, their, their scouting in that game was phenomenal. I mean, they were calling out UNCG plays before UNCG got into any of their sets. So it was it was a, a, a totally out-coached, out-played, out-hustled game. And I think UNCG needed that. They had been winning some games they, they probably shouldn't have. They should have lost at Sanford, I believe. They could have lost at, uh, at home against Chat. And, um, you know, the, the winning culture helped. But I, I really feel like they needed that smack in the mouth to really get them uh, back to where they need to be. Mark, you mentioned everyone knows Fletcher McGee at Wofford. Everyone knows Francis Alonzo, Isaiah Miller, James Dickey at UNCG. Those are the names that are really thrown around the most, at least in this area. How important has Kyron Galloway's emergence been to this team? Uh, it's been great. I mean, obviously, you look at the LSU game, he had 32 points, and people were like, whoa, who, who is this kid? Uh, so much to the point where when he played at Samford, the announcers almost didn't understand that he was a, he had, he was a threat from three-point land. And we were in a lot of uh, UNCG people descended on their Twitter page and were like, "You guys know he's shooting 50 percent from three, right?" Um, so he is he is a big key for them. But he's also he's also accepted a role of um, I, I, he can, he can show up when he needs to. He's not a primary scoring option for them. He's working the post a little bit when he plays a. a a defender that isn't as tall as him, but he obviously can step out and do pick and pop. Uh, a name that you guys should be should should not I wouldn't say concerned about, but to look look for uh, to to make a big impact. And I know Coach Ford knows him very well, which is Wichita State days. Is Eric Hamilton? He's a transfer from Wichita State, six eight, two hundred fifty pounds. Um, I think he matches up well against someone like Milan and Armis. Uh, I don't. I think that's going to be a, a war down there. Uh, um, I think Rodriguez and Dickey will be another a great matchup to look for. But yeah, uh, Galloway, he's, he's, to me, guys, he's hit or miss. I love Kyron. He's a great kid. He's super smart. Um, not a typical basketball player, uh, you know, in terms of his intensity. He's very kind of even keeled and um, definitely has the ability to go for 20. 
or have six points, you know, four blocks and two steals. Uh, he's he's kind of one of these guys. He's a Swiss Army knife. He'll do whatever coach needs. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the things you expect uh, to be a major factor in the game, sort of a, a keys for UNCG ETSU. What could be a couple categories to look for to see which team could be victorious in Freedom Hall tomorrow? I think really when you look at these two teams, it's how well they defend the three against each other. Uh, these are two teams that shoot a ton of threes. And then offensive rebounds. You know, I've already alluded to it with your two guys. You know, Jerome, he's got 12.1 rebounds a game. Armis is close to 10 off the bench, which is crazy. Um, but you have uh, Lucas and Gessen, the seven-footer from, from Illinois. Um, and then we have a trio of kids who match up well physically. But as you know, rebounding is, is a lot about it is heart and desire. And I think there's a reason why you guys are leading the league and rebounding in, in, in the tops in the country in some areas. So I think those are the two categories I'm going to look at when I'm at the game. Who defends the three the best um, overall defensively, you know, uh, field goal percentage, but also second chance points. I mean, that's huge. If, if, um, if UNCG can hold ETSU or one of the first teams to hold ETSU to, you know, uh, only one shot at the basket, there's a good chance they could go into Freedom Hall and get a win. If they don't, there's a good chance that ETSU will walk away with, I don't want to say a comfortable win, but something that in the six to seven point range. But I think if, and if there's a mixture of that, it'll be a, a toss up. But I, I think those are the two categories uh, in particular that coaches are probably going to be focusing on is no second chance points uh, because there's a lot of scoring options on both sides and three point percentage from each side. Mark, that's great stuff, man. We really appreciate you taking the time. That's Mark Zanetto. He'll be at Wild Wing Cafe tonight. If you want to get in on uh, some UNCG ETSU chat, he'll be at the game on Saturday. Mark, we appreciate you taking the time, and we'll talk to you down the road, my friend. Thanks, Mark. Uh, my pleasure, guys. Have a good one. All right, we appreciate Mark joining us there real quick. Uh, your thoughts on, on his comments? Certainly, I thought he brought up some, some good points. And also, I think he kind of confirmed – you know, you mentioned Denny Green earlier, but he kind of confirmed UNCG is what I think they're going to be and what they're going to bring to the table tomorrow inside Freedom Hall. Yeah, and they're, I mentioned ETSU being the best home team in the league at 10-0, the only undefeated home team aside from Furman. They're 9-0 as well, but 10-0, one more win for ETSU. But UNCG is 7-2 on the road. So they're not afraid to go in the SOCON to any arena and uh, certainly in the non-conference as well. They're road-tested, they're battle-tested, and I've got – a few things on the line tomorrow, certainly a bold prediction uh, in the fact that I said that UNCG and our long-term bold predictions that we'll touch on more later in our first bold predictions of the new year would not finish in the top two in the Southern Conference right now. They are at 5-1, uh, and one, ETSU 6-1. and one. Of course, Wofford is undefeated. Mm, I thought you said top three. I'm going to just go to the book. Nah, I don't think so. Go into the book. See, I'm not this sure is why. Furman well, and Chattanooga 4-2, and two, so they're certainly still in contention as well. You and me had a chance to look at Chattanooga's schedule yesterday, and we kind of think they're going to split the rest of the way, if not lose one or two more than they win, probably finish around 500. At least that's what our eyes tell us. But, yeah, I mean, I'm extremely excited to see how some of these, you know, young players for ETSU that have been stepping up like the Davian Williamsons, uh, how they react to a stage like this and see if Bo Hodges, because I know we talked to, about his sound a little bit in segment one, but see if Bo's really back too, because hearing him say that he's starting to feel better and his health is returning to where he's comfortable with and seeing some of that too, that's big. But that was against a VMI team that doesn't bring a lot to the table outside of Bubba Parham. Now, I'm sure that Steve Forbes and company would refute that after last night's uh, game that was certainly too close for comfort, but 
Bo Hodges, uh, if he can put forth that kind of effort against UNCG, I, I think the Bucks are going to cruise. Uh, I-, I think that they've done so much without him being at 100% that if he can return to form, he, the Bucks could very well, I, I, I don't want to say run away with the SoCon because those other top three teams are going to be there as well. Wofford, UNCG, and Furman likely aren't going away. But I would feel very confident, as I'm sure many ETSU fans would, with having Trey Boyd, Patrick Good, Bo Hodges, Davian Williamson, and that's not even mentioning anybody in the post, Jerome Rodriguez, uh, Lucas Goussaint, and Milad Narmis. And I know that you think, and certainly I wouldn't find anyone that would disagree with you on this, the health of Jerome Rodriguez will be big tomorrow. Yeah, I'd be curious to see. He uh, he played through some, some knee issues while on the road, so I'm, I'm not sure if something didn't feel right, or something, but I, I would expect him just the type of kid he is to to play uh, in the contest and just having him on the floor even if he's not 100 percent is going to be huge for ETSU still leads the league he only had eight rebounds and limited action but he still leads the league in rebound and I think it's going to be very important to, to make sure UNCG doesn't have second and third chance opportunities in the contest tomorrow uh, and that was something that a couple of times last year, UNCG was able to get those second, third chance opportunities and capitalize on it and really hurt ETSU. So tomorrow, not just ETSU, UNCG, but Furman and Wofford are playing. There's only one other league in the nation that has their top four teams playing one another, and that's uh, in the Patriot League. Bucknell and Lehigh are each four and one, and then Navy is at Army. So go Army, beat Navy, You'll but love that three one, and yep. two. Uh, uh, of course, you know who I'm pulling for in that contest. But, uh Three and two in there, so there's only one other team. I thought another interesting note, and I'll give Kevin Brown credit for sending this to us, but out of all the games tomorrow, and there's some pretty pretty big basketball games. Kentucky's playing Auburn. You know, BYU and San Francisco's going at it. Michigan-Wisconsin, Houston-USF, Furman-Wofford. Charleston's having a great year. What They're playing Hofstra. And Duke and Virginia, Yeah, they still – the combined wins, nobody equals how many games ETSU and UNCG has won this year. 32 combined wins in that game between the Bucks and the Spartans. The next closest is Charleston Hofstra with 30. Duke and Virginia also with 30 wins. And considering those teams can pick up a lot of bye wins, right, play a lot of home games, I find that shocking. Furman and Wofford is tied with Houston and USF. So out of those games – that, uh, uh, you know, not even the Patriot League don't equal that. So think about that. Uh, and tomorrow, not only is it the best matchups of the top four teams in the league playing, it's two of the top four games as far as win totals go against one another in ETSU, UNCG, and Furman Wofford. And it's going to go a long way, let's be honest. Uh, you know, I know it's too early for separation Saturday, but, you know, the loser of UNCG and ETSU is going to have a second conference loss. That's going to be huge. Yep. And for Furman, they've already got a couple on the board. You know, they need to try to stop the bleeding. And for Furman, I still think it's unfair. A lot of people throwing the dirt on them. They're going to play at the end of the year – UNCG, they're going to get Wofford and ETSU all at home. So they can make a run in the back half of the season and play a lot of catch-up because, as you mentioned, they're undefeated at home like ETSU. So I think tomorrow is going to go a long way. It certainly won't determine the standings, but they may shake out a little bit more and give us a little bit more clarity. If Wofford continues to roll, then the loser of ETSU and UNCG 
certainly has some work to do because there'll be two games behind the league-leading Wofford Terriers if it plays out that way. Yeah, and in recent memory, there hasn't been a team that's won the Southern Conference with more than four conference losses. You know, last year it was three, and the year before it was uh, a tie with four. So uh, you only have so much leeway, at least historically. And as you said, Furman with the two, UNCG, TSU with the one, and Wofford – uh, they they can create a little bit of separation. Certainly, they're still going to have either ETSU or UNCG right behind them with uh, one. But if they can take down Furman, move to seven and zero, Furman go to four and three. I, I would venture to say that Furman's regular season title hopes are all but finished. And we've already shared our thoughts on Chattanooga. So then I think it kind of becomes a three horse race: ETSU, UNCG, and Wofford, and of course the Bucks and. Spartans do have another matchup later in the year, and ETSU and Wofford still have to play again, this time at Freedom Hall after the Bucks went on the road December 1st and lost by 17, though, again, that is a deceptive number. So it just underscores the Southern Conference and its prolificness again this year and talking about you know being number 11 in the country in the conference RPI rankings. I think there's a lot of teams to be feared in this league, and coming into this year, I think that we knew that, we thought that, and it's good to see it shake out that way because you can talk about it all you want, but when the season gets started in early November, if you're not getting the type of results that the Southern Conference has with Furman pulling the upset on, granted, a Villanova team that looks like they're a bit down this year and uh, the Loyola team in Chicago that um, clearly hasn't quite lived up to They look like a one-hit wonder, very Florida Marlins-esque how they've run uh, their championship teams. Kind of, It's not a sell-off, right, because it's – college that's not exactly how it works but uh, you kind of have the one year and then you fall back into being you know just another mid-major team so that's what it appears to be but it's not like those wins were meaningless you know and there's been a number of other teams that have beaten power five conference teams in the southern uh, conference and there's also been others that have pushed those power five teams to the edge or and beaten other top mid-major teams so yeah, no surprise here, Jay Sandos and those stats are fantastic Kevin Brown does a good job you like to call them nuggets I like to call them 12 piece yeah, either way, uh, about the same meaning. By the way, I was trying to look up 12-piece nuggets. The last too. time five losses happened, you ready for this, that, that won the league? Please. There was a three-way, the 0-1-0-2 season, so mm-hmm. actually the year before I took over play-by-play duties, three teams tied for the North Division at 11-5, and Davidson, UNCG, ETSU, and three teams tied for the South Division at 9-7. and Wow. College of Charleston. Georgia Southern, Chattanooga. Other than that, there's not been a five-team. Now, people won some divisions, but as the overall regular season champion, there's not been a five-loss team. Last year was the last time they had a tie with four losses, and that was ETSU, Furman, UNCG. and, and uh, I'm sorry, that was 16-17. There was a three-way tie uh, with the four losses. So, uh, to your point, there hasn't been that many losses. I mean, you got to go back to 0 2 uh, and again, it was a 12-team league, so there were some divisions. But that—that that was actually—that's about a jumbled. Think about that: the top six teams, give and take, were within two games of one another. And as we're about to transition to women's basketball, I think that's how you and me see the women's basketball Southern Conference shaking out this year: four, five, six losses and a 14-game schedule right around the top, which means. Every team is alive, and every team has a chance. ETSC women's basketball taking on Wofford tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in just yes. a second. got to talk about head coach Brittany Zell. By the way, her birthday's today. I don't know if you know that. Happy a birthday, Coach Zell. Birthday to her. We'll step aside for a timeout when we come back. Mike did a nice job teasing it. We'll talk Terriers. We'll talk women's basketball. Brooks Jim, right after this timeout, to your word from Santos and Sidekick. This is the Buccaneers Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, 
We're transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. McDonald's says they flash freeze their beef. Doesn't sound good to Wendy's, but someone might be into that. Tis I, Old Man Winter, and <clears throat> I'm not a fan of frozen beef either. Don't stereotype me. I prefer fresh beef just like anybody else. I'm only human ish. Skip the frozen beef from the frozen arches and head to Wendy's. Try a Hot Dave's Double and see how fresh, fresh tastes. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. Sandos and the sidekick back with you, talking a little women's basketball. ETSU will take on the Wofford Terriers. You take a look at the Southern Conference standings. Talked about just a second before we went to break, but Mercer Chattanooga 2-0 atop the conference. Furman and Wofford at Furman and Wofford at 2-1. ETSU at 1-1. UNCG 1-2. Sanford and Western Carolina winless 0-2 and 0-3 respectively. So ETSU. Got a chance to get to two and one and climb atop the standings. They were picked second uh, as far as the preseason polls go behind Mercer. Saw Mercer against Sanford. That was the overtime game before ETSU played Mercer. I, Mercer did not look the same. Uh, Sanford did look the same. You know, sort of that Princeton offense and backdoor cutting you to death and everything else they got going on there. But I don't. I think this is going to be a wide open conference regular season and might be a crazy tournament. Uh, in Asheville coming in March. Which is exciting. I think it's scary for a lot of teams, but also very exhilarating for a lot of teams because that means that regardless of what happens in the regular season and for ETSU, at least right now, that's been a good thing because they're 3-15, you know, two non-conference wins, and then the win 
against uh, Furman on uh, Wednesday. Last night, really in a microchasm, if you could put a night of women's basketball and project it out to the entire year, I think that that's the one that would be very telling of how things will go in the SoCon. Chattanooga, a seven-point win over Wofford, who, as you mentioned, were undefeated coming into yesterday, 89-82. to 82. Uh, Chat, seeing them, I, I didn't think that they looked like the team that Jim Foster had for um, quite some time. Uh, he's obviously not there anymore. Katie Burroughs has taken over. Uh, doesn't look like the 21 team that – many Chattanooga fans have come to know and love. Uh, I didn't think they had a specific amount of um, top talent with the Gilberts gone and Lakeland Bolden being the only one scoring in double figures there. They still got the victory and got another victory last night, so I may be proven wrong, but 89-82 Chattanooga took down Wofford, so they're no longer undefeated then. Mercer, just a two-point win against Western Carolina, and you've been around this league for a long time. Western Carolina has never really been a team that's going for to win 30 years yeah more than three or four games in the conference and then yeah Sanford will backdoor cut you to death and try and keep it low scoring oh they played their game last night and only lost to UNCG by one 55 to 54 so every team is going to be competitive that means that much like with the men last night you cannot take nights off you cannot play entire halves of basketball where you kind of sleepwalk through them and tomorrow ETSU is going to be tasked with stopping Chloe Wanink and that's been something that teams have had to do over her entire career at Wofford and it's not easy she's averaging nearly 20 points per game has four rebounds as well and what Wofford is really doing well this year they're sharing the basketball nearly 300 assists already this year on 530 made field goals anytime you're up around 55 60 percent you know that's where you want to be assist to field goal ratio and um, they're right there with rebounds with opposing teams they're um, you know holding teams down on the whole when it comes to you know scoring the basketball so this is going to be this is going to be tough for ETSU Jackie Carmen and Jamari McDavid are also in double figures for the Terriers and these two teams meet on Valentine's Day their second matchup uh, in education day on February 14th there, I think this is a game that ETSU doesn't necessarily need to have. Uh, Jimmy Garrity in his first season for the Terriers certainly has them playing better, tied for the league lead in overall wins. But it's not necessarily a game ETSU needs. It would be one that, if you look at the preseason rankings, would be great to get because the Bucks were picked first. Wofford was picked second to last uh, behind or in front of, I should say, only Western Carolina. So they've certainly outperformed much like Furman and even more so than Furman because Furman's your consummate middle of the conference team four straight years at 500, exactly 500 in the league, seven and seven, where Wofford has really had trouble getting out of that basement and their program record is uh, they're winning something like, you know, 38% of their game. So you think you know what you're going to get with the Wofford team. Then they come out and nearly moved to 3-0 and last night in the league with that game at Chattanooga. Certainly could have come away with a victory. Kind of played out the way ETSU's did uh, down at the McKenzie Arena. So uh, nothing's handed to you in either of these Southern Conference leagues. And uh, let's be honest, it'd be nice for Brittany Azell to get a win the day after her birthday. I know that one on Wednesday really meant something to an early birthday present. But why stop at one? If you can get two wins in the same week, that would be the same amount ETS you got in the first two months of the year. I think the change in the defensive philosophy, I think, has been huge for Wofford. I mean, first of all, they're usually nowhere near uh, the top of the league as far as steals go, but 169 steals, you know, you get that many steals, you got an opportunity for points off turnovers. That could certainly be uh, something that could help out. Last night, just nine points off turnovers against Chattanooga. Just forced ten turnovers. I mean, still almost one for one, which is a pretty good number. But I think, uh, you know, the one thing they're sharing the ball, they had four players in double figures last night for the Terriers. 
against Chattanooga. They got three players in double figures and one knocking on the door with almost uh, nine points per contest. And, you know, they, you mentioned uh, Wanick and McDavid. They're, they're going to go out there and, and, and fire from long range and fire at will apparently from long range. And then Booker's more of the inside player. So, you know, really they've got three players in a nice inside-outside game, right? Two players that can knock down long shots, one on the middle. ETSU had a little bit of trouble. Obviously, uh, I think a huge difference – uh, in post play from Furman to Wofford, but still, I think ETSU is going to have to try to protect the post inside. If they can take that away, then maybe it makes it a little tougher for the outside shooting. Uh, Furman was really tops in a lot of categories in the Southern Conference entering Wednesday's game against ETSU, and Wofford's going to be able to say the same thing. They're tops in the league in scoring, they're tops in the league in scoring margin, second in free throw percentage, leading in field goal percentage. Their assist to turnover ratio. Um, is above one, and that's tough to find, not only in the Southern Conference, but around a lot of women's basketball. They're tied with Mercer at 1.2, the assist to turnover this year. So they're limiting mistakes. They're sharing the basketball. And really it comes down to, when you talk about these statistics, just break down the statistics to layman's terms. When you're not turning the ball over, that means you're having more chances to shoot the basketball. When you're passing the basketball, you're going to create some chaos for the defense. You're going to get more open shots, which gives you a higher opportunity to score. So it's no surprise that they're not only leading the Southern Conference in scoring, but they're doing so by 10 points, 77 points per game, shooting the ball at a 42% clip. And also, as you mentioned, shooting the ball at will from outside, and effectively so, 35%, you know, if you're – Usually watching the men's game, you're thinking, oh, it's not a very good number. That's leading the Southern Conference for the women's side. Statistics kind of vary from, you know, one side to the other. So on the women's side, that's a very good mark, and 35% leads the SoCon. So they'll have their hands full, but I think if ETSU can keep Lexus Spears out of foul trouble, you know, that was something that really hurt them when um, the comeback was on for Furman on Wednesday when Selena Taborn got down low. There was just not a big enough body to stop her at six foot three, And, of course, Lexus Spears is six foot three herself. Brittany Snowden giving away three or four inches down low. Taborn got loose. Uh, if Erica Haynes-Overton can continue to have efficient games, right, because we know she can put up points, but efficient games. She scored 15 on nine shots. And if you can get the same four to do what they did, uh, you know, Brittany Snowden, Micah Sheets, uh, Erica Haynes-Overton, if you can get your top horses to do what they did on Wednesday, I think this team is going to be able to put fear in a lot of hearts in the Southern Conference and come out with a decent amount of victories and perhaps be one of those teams that has eight, nine, ten wins like we're talking about when the season does come to an end. And let's keep in mind again, the Bucks went from turning the ball over 19 times per game to Wednesday turning it over seven. I mean, that's pretty drastic. I don't think that you're going to turn the ball over seven times per game the rest of the way, which means you're going to have to continue to hit your free throws like you did on Wednesday. Again, that was a big shift from earlier in the year as well. Continue to hit three-pointers at a 35 to 40% clip instead of living down in that 25 to 30% area. And you know, share the basketball, much like Wofford is doing. They've kind of got a blueprint of how things should go. Now, are these statistics going to stay up in conference play? That will be key if they can continue this momentum that they built during the non-conference and in the first couple of games of the conference here. Also, how do they react to their first setback in league play? ETSU coming off a win, Wofford coming off a loss. We'll step aside for a timeout. That game will be 7 o'clock, uh, ETSU versus UNCG. That will be the pregame show. I'll have that at 3.30, 4 o'clock tip. I'll take you at about 6.30. Mike Gallagher then will take over the sidekick. We'll have the call of ETSU women's basketball, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock, ETSU versus Walford. Bold predictions, other side of this timeout on Santos and the sidekick. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets high-performance gas ranges, or low-decibel dishwashers. 
really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory smoked barbecues, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. How many places do you ever go without your smartphone? My name is Wesley Fletcher with the First Bank and Trust Company. Now you can pay securely for your purchases with your smartphone too. Just add your check card to the wallet app on your phone to pay for all your purchases. So keep on moving, keep on traveling, and keep on shopping with the First Bank and Trust Company and Apple Pay and O, providing mobile solutions when you need them most. Your bank for life. Firstbank.com, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were. This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway, he scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. My fun. I smell the newest Jumbo One with a chance at a $4 million top prize. It's so big, you can play both sides. Jumbo Bucks 300X. Good news, you don't need magic beans to meet this giant. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, giant-sized fun. Please play responsibly. There is no way LeBron James leaves Cleveland again. I agree with Jarvis Landry. I think the Browns are a Super Bowl contender this year. How in the world can you not see that Big Baller Brand is far superior to making the NBA than Puma? Now, rumors fly a lot. Jason Witten is not going to Monday Night Football. I mean, the Mike Ayers rumor that he's leaving, no way. I bet he's there until 2025. Terrell Owens has made a career off jawing, running his mouth. Will he be in Chattanooga for his Hall of Fame induction? No chance. He'll be in Canada. Bold prediction. Well, here we go. The line's about to start. Mike Gallagher with a fake notebook he's got out here that supposedly Jacob Townsend gave to him. No one is buying this because people listen to the program, but go ahead. Well, let me go ahead and just get this out of the way. Uh, Mike Gallagher has 12 bold predictions correct on the year. They're a genius. They're a a genius. Yeah, (laughs) might as well give it to me six or seven times. Uh, And for Jay Sandoz, you have got nine correct. You also guessed... And two more. You're 9 of 44, so you've gotten 35 wrong. I've also gotten 30 wrong, but I am batting 286. You are batting uh, 205. You stubborn, stupid, silly man. You I blame VMI stubborn, football. You stubborn, 
You should. I did not get off the train, baby. I like your stick to itiveness, the dedication to that. Uh, it costs you. Oh, you did hard. killing me. Yeah, 205 oh, and uh, 286. So. Uh, brutal on your part and uh, brilliant on mine. That's kind of how it's uh, been so far in bold predictions. Although, if you look at the grand scheme of things, if you have one good weekend, really, it's much like in baseball, right? Over the course of a season, the difference between hitting 300, a college season, I should say, 300 and 250 is like seven hits or something like that. If you go three for three this weekend and I buff it and go 0 for three, then you still won't be tied in terms of average, but you will have me... um, in terms of the amount of predictions you've gotten right, we'll both be at 12, and your average will only be like 15 or 20 points below mine. It'll be like 260, 270, and I'll, I'll come down a few points as well. So you're right there. You just got to step up. You got to want it. You haven't wanted it. That's been the problem. You, you need to come out and give it all you've got. Every Friday, you've kind of been dogging it. You've been coming up with predictions at the very end, so I have no sympathy for you. I, I tuned out a long time ago. Yeah, you did Whenever, start looking yeah, at your phone just, about yeah, 10 I'm seconds into me talking. I mean, so that's pretty started, usual, though. As soon as you started ranting on how bad of my bold predictions yeah. are, I just uh, I didn't pay attention. Well, so, turn it around. New year, new you. New year. Do I have to go first again? Yeah, you do. I'm going to start with ETSU women's basketball. Okay. Uh, Carly Litton's averaging 1.63s per game. She's going to knock down six trays against Wofford on Saturday. Wow, six trays. Yeah, I was going to go five. She's already beaten her career best in points three times this year. That was 13, so you're saying a fourth then because obviously six threes would be 18 points. That's exactly what I'm I like it. With. Now, she actually is heavily involved in my prediction as well. She went one for six from three against Furman. ETSU went eight for 22. She's not going to have many one for six nights. Uh, that just isn't something that happens. She's a sharpshooter. She's deadly from out there. She hits two or three more of those. ETSU is like right at 42, 43%. I think they're going to even do better than that against Wofford tomorrow. I say 50% or better from beyond the arc, which I believe will be the first time this year that ETSU women's basketball will be able to say that. So a bold prediction, both in terms of three-point shooting. I'll write these down later, perhaps make them up. You know, kind oh, of I'm, the sure. Multitasking, I'm sure. Because I won't whatever. remember. Let's just, let's, oh, that's the brilliance yeah, of it. Yeah. I got that. On the men's side, I think ETSU is going to double up UNCG points in the paint. Mm. And so I think, I think, and I'm going to put a number, but I think if ETSU could get to 55, 60 points in the paint, I think it's going to be a good day for them. But uh, to double a team up points in the paint, they, ETSU didn't even do that against VMI. But I'm going to go ETSU doubling up points in the paint on UNCG. Now, if – Jerome Rodriguez does not play. That'll probably mean a good day for my guy, James Harrison. I just want to interlude here with our three long-term predictions. Okay. Because it's probably a good time to check in since we're about a little bit over halfway through basketball season. These were for the entire basketball year. They were done right these before were five points the basketball season. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's fine. That's what we did. You had men's basketball getting at least five postseason accolades. Now, that is very... Uh, non-specific. I don't know what constitutes an accolade. But well, we can if you're, a, if you're a, you know, if you make a all-conference team, that's an all accolade. Freshman team counts? All freshman team. That's an accolade. I mean, did I, did all I, did academic I know, team. Okay, for, no, no, okay. no, no, no. Okay, no, no, I'm just no, making no, sure. No, no, where no, do you no. draw the line? I no, don't know. No, no. That's an I, accolade. I, I, I was, I was going on, on, on the court. Now, clearly, I didn't think Williamson or Curtis had a shot at the freshman. Now that's going to come into play because I could pick up two there, not knowing correct in there that yeah. they were going to do that. Stumble backwards into that's success. Right. That's, ex- yeah, that's, that's usually the how best it works for you. Success yeah. for me. Uh, women's basketball regular season champions and NCAA tournament berth. The brilliance of it is you're just as alive 
right now in that prediction as you were at the beginning of the year because the non-conference doesn't play into that at all. So I think you're actually in pretty good shape there. And the SoCon wins one game in the NCAA tournament. I think certainly right now on the men's side especially, you are in phenomenal shape when it comes to that. All three of mine have not been really discounted. No, where I think mine are starting to run out of time. James Harrison, as I mentioned, shoots 65% from the field. Right now I think he's like at 56, which is still very good. He just needs more time. And with Lucas Goussaint being cleared, and Steve Forbes has talked about it kind of a couple times, he's just not getting the playing. There's not enough minutes to go around. So Jeromey Rodriguez, if he does not play, that could mean James Harrison does get some more time, have a big day against UNCG, then I'm right back in that one. EHO, two triple-doubles. I said multiple triple doubles, but that was aggressive. Two well, at this point. I mean, probably should have went with one. I probably should have. She's close, though. It's bold. You know, I, I go bold. Bold over smart is how I generally tend to live my life. UNCG won't finish in the top two in the men's. I'm still liking that one, quite honestly, with the Fletcher McGee's and the Matt Rafferty's out there. Uh, I'm still I'm feeling still good about that. I still think about that. Down wrong. Ah, I don't no, know. Well, I could have. That came straight from Jacob. So Did anyway, you make your uh, James Harrison. Uh, no, that's what you're going so if well, that's that's not what I'm going with. James mm. Harrison, hoping that he does get some more time, so I can get closer to my bold prediction. Not wishing any ill will on Jeromey Rodriguez because he is actually my bold prediction for the men. Not only will he play, he will have a double double. Jeromey Rodriguez, despite not being at 100, percent will gut through it. That's the kind of player he is for another double double. Stay in the top five in the nation in double doubles. Jeromey Rodriguez plays in a double double tomorrow for ETSU. I think it's one of the better shot blockers uh, in the country, and James Dickey. I like it. The uh, uh, the random bold prediction. Yes. I don't know if it's that random. I'm sticking with the league, and uh, everything points towards Furman steamrolling their uh, crosstown rival, if you will. Although it's really 30 minutes away. Does I'm, it? I'm, I'm. Oh yeah. The Vegas believes so. Everyone believes that Furman is garbage right now. Nobody bought into them. No. So, so Furman they, they went from the so Darling would not be steamrolling. You said they were going to steamroll their crosstown rival, so it'd be the opposite. They would get steamrolled. No, I'm going Furman winning. Yeah, but you said everything points to Furman steamrolling Wofford. Oh which yeah, is, yeah, I did misspeak. Okay. Yes. That's, Every, why I was, that's why yes, I was confused. Yes, yes. Everything points towards Wofford yeah. rolling. You're going I, Furman. I'm going wow. Furman to go into the indoor arena, the Jerry Richardson indoor arena, and come out with a win and shock the Terriers. I like that. And that would make things a lot more interesting in the league as well. Not that they're not already, but to bunch everything up even a little more between the top five as it is right now. This won't surprise you. I'm going with the Wisconsin Badgers to upset the number two Michigan Wolverines. And That's your go-to reason, every week, it seems like. It is. The reason is, uh, is because the Cole Center has been an impossible place to win for like 20 years. Now, this year's been a bit different. They lost by seven to Virginia, that the old 53-46 game, classic Big Ten and Virginia, Slug really. That, that's exactly what you would expect between those two teams. Uh, then you had Minnesota, my Gophers, going into Cole Center and winning for the first time in, uh, I think, my lifetime, 59-52. Uh, to 52. Another just classic Big Ten basketball game, under 60 points, first to 59 wins. And then Purdue, watch that game. That was I did watch that game, too. That was a Friday contest. night game. That was a good one to watch. It, it was 84-80. to 80, Purdue won in overtime. So, yes, three losses at home for Wisconsin. I think they've reached their quota of losses at the Kohl Center. I think that Michigan is being gassed up by everybody. Yeah, best team in the country. I think there's no chance. I think that despite the weakness at home this year for Wisconsin, they uh, they probably had enough of that. That crowd's going to show up. Wisconsin being unranked, eleven and six, they're going to pick up a big victory over the Wolverines. I actually 
them shocked but not shocked. I really thought you were going to go Patriots are upset. No, no, I mean, you know, they're old, they're garbage, you know, they're underdogs. I thought you'd go. I could have picked them, but you're on the show, so I can't. If it was any other person with a co-host, you know, I would do that, but it's you. All right, well, next week, full show. Angry Man will be back. We'll talk to Landon Owen, Lando's Land. Crazy coach. Might have an Austin Herrick appearance. Might even. H is back. Look at that. Yeah, think about it. All right, a lot going on next week. We are up and running again. We finally got the studio, and uh, Feels good. You know, we'll see. We'll see how the bowl prediction treats us. I'm sure it'll be terrible as usual for us, but hopefully ETSU picks up a men's and women's basketball victory. Don't forget, full coverage tomorrow, doubleheader. We'll have the men's game at four, women's game seven. We'll be back next week with more Sanderson the Sidekick. Download us. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network.